God's Word can speak to hearts individually, and that includes your heart as well. Pastor Ed Taylor explains. Because the Bible is God's personal Word to us, it's so exciting to dive into it, to learn from it, to wholeheartedly seek to find out what God has to say to us personally, individually. You know as well as I do, as the message goes out from here, or any church for that matter, God uses it to minister to every individual personally. There's some big concepts that God's taking for all of us, but then he's taking his word and he's shooting it to your heart. God is able to take his word and fashion it and mold it to where you are in life. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. Welcome to Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. We're making our way through Romans and we've come to chapter 15. It's here we're reminded of the value of the Bible, how it speaks to us, answering deep needs. It does so by providing instruction, patience, and comfort. Here with more about this is Pastor Ed. You need, I need, His sure, steadfast Word. And because the Bible is God's personal Word to us, it's so exciting to dive into it to learn from it, to wholeheartedly seek to find out what God has to say to us personally, individually. You know as well as I do, as the message goes out from here, or any church for that matter, God uses it to minister to every individual personally. There's some big concepts that God's taking for all of us, but then he's taking his word and he's shooting it to your heart. All over. It's like, well, some of you are liking it, some of you aren't liking it so much. Ducking and... I don't want to hear the word, you know. God is able to take his word and fashion it and mold it to where you are in life. What's going on in your heart? I mean, God's word is powerful, guys. It really is. I look around just at the power of God's word among us here in the fellowship. How effective, how powerful it is. Just to look at the lives that have been changed. The the hope that's been given. The the health, the healing, the, the encouragement. The, the rebuke, the reproof, the, all of the things that the word of God does, it just, it just like we saying, you just stand in awestruck wonder of who God is. You can't get this in the world. That's why it's so futile for us to trust in the world. It's like, oh, I'll just run to the world when I have tough times. No, 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 the world is the cause of the tough times, man. You don't want to run to the very cause of what's going on. You want to run to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. And so don't let anyone take it out of your hands. Hold on to it. Read it. Study it. Memorize it. The Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 11, your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119, verse 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalm 119, verse 76. And by the way, as you go through Psalm 119, the largest chapter in the Bible, every verse is about the word of God. All the way through. It's really awesome. Verse 76. Let, I pray, your merciful kindness be for my comfort according to your word to my servant. And so we can't neglect God's word, all of it. We can't 
neglect the diligent study of the Old and the New Testament. And I'm committed, you know, here in this fellowship, here at Calvary, I'm committed, we're committed to teach you the entirety of the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, sometimes word by word that the Holy Spirit would use in your life to go through the entirety. So one day, like Paul, I can stand before you as a congregation and say like he did, I have not neglected to give you the whole counsel of God in context. We need the word. Now, verse back in Romans, if you want to flip back, Romans 15. We're just going to cover a couple more verses here before we head out. In Romans 15, verse 5, it says, Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Harmony and unity and peace are so important among us, church. Like-mindedness. Now, like-mindedness is not conformity, where we all dress the same and speak the same, and we're all trying to be conformed to some image of what a Christian should be. Like-mindedness is just generally going in the same direction toward Jesus Christ. I often use this illustration with married couples that are going through big problems. And even in some relationships, I'll draw a triangle on a piece of paper. And I'll put the husband on one side on the bottom, the wife on the other side at the bottom. And I'll write Jesus Christ at the top. And that really does represent a difficult relationship, a difficult marriage by the time they walk into my office. You know, you got the husband and the wife on the bottom. Me, 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 you, you, you. Because that's what the enemy's done in your life. It's tough. It's horrible. It's, you know, she did this and I don't like him. And it's, it's horrible. And a lot of times we start backwards. Well, here's the way to do it. Just try to make her happy. No, 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 no. Make him happy. No, no, no. Listen, here's what you do. Whether it's a marriage relationship, whether it's with your kiddos or just a friend. You don't try to work on one another and try to fix each other. I'll fix you. It's like all you need to do is start seeking the Lord. That's all you need to do. Just focus your life on Jesus Christ. Set your eyes on him. Put your passion into him. You got two people doing that as they move up toward Jesus Christ. What's happening? They're naturally getting closer and closer and closer to Jesus. And while they're getting closer to him, they're also getting closer to one another. It's amazing. You know, if you're on the bottom saying you fix this and you fix that, you never get any closer. You actually get farther and farther away. But you begin to seek the Lord. You start to not only be benefited spiritually, but the person you're at odds with, as they begin to seek the Lord, you both end up at the same place at the foot of Jesus Christ. It's powerful. It's wonderful. It's awesome what God will do as we lay our lives before him. Not try to take things in our own hands. Try to fix others. You know, one of the greatest dangers of the church for us, even us as at Calvary, is we get our eyes on each other. That's a problem. We all fall into it. It's a trap for all of us. So don't be condemned if that's been your life recently. It's just something that happens to us. We, we start to float away. We start to neglect our spiritual life. We, so we start, you know, I don't like this. And you start to complain. You know, and you, you got a brother or sister that might have hurt you. You start to gossip about them. Talk them behind their backs. You start to slander them. And it makes for a really difficult church <laughs> they come in and you know I don't like him that's why I'm sitting over here Ed I'm sitting over here because I don't like the one over there yeah but what if you see him in the hallway I will not look at them yeah yeah it's a tough thing huh 
Do you realize that people come in our doors looking for help? Do you realize that? There is still a general reputation in our society that churches help people. It's a good reputation to have. And so people will come in all throughout the week. They'll call. They'll come in the doors for a service like this. And they just want help. Some of them don't even know what kind of help they need. They just need help. They just want help. And so they'll come in. And they'll come into a place like this. They'll come into an office. They'll make a phone call expecting help. The question is, what do they get when they come? Do they walk into a congregation of backbiting, slandering, devouring, mean, angry, nobody wants to help kind of church? Or do they come into an area where you're just ready to help? That's your heart. You're just ready. Lord, send somebody to me. I want to help. I want to serve. I want to give them the word. I I want that like-mindedness. I want to give them comfort. I want to give them encouragement. See, we get sidetracked with people. And maybe we hold a grudge. I don't know why we do that. It does absolutely nothing good holding grudges. All it does is engender bitterness and strife in our hearts. I know you were hurt. I know. And our natural response in the flesh is to hold a grudge. But that's not the heart of God. The Spirit of God doesn't hold grudges. You know, maybe there's just someone today you need to extend forgiveness to. Right now, you just got to process in your mind that by the end of today, you're going to extend forgiveness. Now, some of you are going, but they didn't even ask for forgiveness, Ed. They don't want forgiveness. I know. Isn't that an insight to your heart? Waiting for the other person. Instead of just being the believer to be a peacemaker. So maybe they don't want forgiveness. That's what grace is called, right? Undeserved and unearned. But it's painful, huh? (laughs) It's humbling. It's hurtful. But forgiveness frees you. You're free. No more shackles of grudges or bitterness. You're free. You're free to serve the Lord. You're free to love him. You're free to enjoy him. You're free to be a vet. You're free. But bitterness and anger and strife and clamor and fighting and infighting and a lack of like-mindedness, you're in bondage. We're a family. We're going to have family issues from time to time. But God's going to comfort us. He's going to give us patience. He's going to encourage us. That word patience, as it's used there in verse 5, and also used in earlier in verse 4, patience, the word literally means to endure or to bear with. That the word of God helps you to bear with others, bear with one another, be patient, persevere, don't quit, steady on. But notice in verse 5 it says that God is the God of patience. He's the God of persevering. And I was thinking about it, just thinking, how much has God put up with me in my life? The knuckleheaded things I've done and said. I mean, you just think of it, how much has he put up with me? God bears with so much in my life. All the weaknesses, all my falterings, all my failures all the missteps that I take, all the sin that's committed, all the misspoken words from my big mouth he puts up with, patiently waiting, sending conviction into my heart, waiting for me to respond. Why? Because he's the God of all patience. Turn real quick over to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, would you? I want you to see another picture of the God of all patience. It's so wonderful. What it means is that since God is the God of patience and comfort, then his work naturally through us is that we would be patient and comforting with one another. Not like Paul said, biting and devouring one another, consuming one another. It's a warning to all of us just to let the Lord minister through us. Time is short, gang. Time is really, really short. The coming of the Lord is at hand. 
I mean, it's right around the corner. We see the signs of the times. We see this wonderful work of his spirit flowing through the world right now. People getting saved in radical, crazy ways and all kinds of stuff just imploding. And man, the time of the coming of the Lord is very, very near, I believe. And that engenders in us a purity and a passion and an urgency in our lives. Notice verse 3, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. I love that. He wants to use your life. Put into normal conversation today. Put into words that we can understand today. Listen, God wants you to share your testimony. He wants you to share with others his work in your life. But some of you have been holding back. You're like, I don't want to share that story. It's embarrassing. I know, it's embarrassing when the focus is on you, isn't it? Because the Bible says there's a lot of things in our past that we're ashamed of. So if your testimony is all about you, then don't share it. (laughs) Just don't. We don't want to hear all that kind of stuff. But if your testimony is a snapshot of where you were before you met Jesus Christ, and then it focuses on what God has done, how he's restored, how he's cleansed, how he's worked, how he's done great things, that testimony, please share. Don't hold back on the Lord. I know it was a tough thing that you went through. I know that you don't even like thinking about it. But God, through your testimony, he begins to share what the grace of God, what his grace looks like in humanity. That's what I can do in someone's life. And so you're not responsible how people respond to it. Just point them to the Lord. So this is where I was, this is where I am, and this is where God has taken me. It's powerful. It's wonderful. And allow God to use that to magnify his word, the truth of his word, the power of his word, that you're not there anymore. That old man, that old woman died, was buried with Christ. A new man and a new woman rose again in the newness of life. And now your life is following after Jesus wholeheartedly. Share your testimony. Let God use it. Don't hold back on it. Let him just blow your mind. Be open to be used in any way. And then obey him when he lays things on your heart. Obey him. Immediate obedience. Don't think it through. Don't try to process it. Just pray for wisdom and obey when God's been clear. Share your testimony. Isn't it amazing how God will bring people into your life that have gone through exactly what you went through? Isn't that amazing? Just people just seem to be showing up and their stories are very relatable. Like, it's not like you asked for it. You're not walking around with a big sign. This is what I've gone through. Anybody that has a life like mine, I am open to share with you. It's just natural. Somebody shows up, brand new person at work. They're going through exactly what you went through 15 years ago. God's setting you up. You don't have to, you know, advertise it. Just be open to the Spirit and he'll bring people to you. And you'll be able to minister to them, encourage them. And what? Give them the word. Not your opinion. Not what you figured out, but what the Lord has done. So wonderful. Let's close in Ephesians chapter 4, would you? Just a few pages to the right from Corinthians there. God's word is so wonderful. God's word and God's people bring learning, patience, and comfort. And it's unity in a church is so wonderful. It glorifies God. Unity among the saints glorifies God. Some of you have been involved in churches that what? Split right down the middle. It's sad. And it's hurtful. And the pain seems to linger on. 
I mean, Christians tend to wound each other over the most non-biblical issues. Now, just by way of balance, when we speak of unity, what we're not advocating, I'm not advocating that we just throw sound doctrine to the side and we're just all in unity. You know, there are groups of people that say, oh, it doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter what you, you know, you know whether you have Jesus or someone else. You know, we're all going to make it. No, we're not. Only those that have a faith in Jesus Christ are going to make it. And those that have rejected Jesus are going to be sorely disappointed. So I'm not, I'm not saying to throw sound doctrine aside. But what I am saying is that maybe examining your own life right now and the things that are non-essential or non-biblical that are causing division right now, that you would just ask the Lord to release you from it and be a peacemaker like Jesus said. Look at verse 25 now as we close. Galatians, Ephesians, chapter 4. Now let's go back to verse 20. Chapter 4, verse 20. He's speaking to the church. He's winding his letter down. He says, but you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you've heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on a new man which was created according to God in righteousness and true holiness. Therefore, putting away lying Each one speak truth with his neighbor, for we are all members of one another. That's what the love of God does. It'll take a liar, and he'll start telling the truth. Amazing. You could start trusting him again. Because the Spirit of God has changed his heart. Not not lying anymore. We tell the truth, loving one another. Be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. So the love of God can make a very angry person and soften them up. That's what the love of God can do. Change them from the inside out. Notice, let him who stole steal no longer. But rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. I mean, the love of God can take a person that was a full-blown thief. And that person not only stops stealing in the power of God, but they, they work so hard that they have enough to give to others who have need. I mean, I kind of picture it like they're blessing the people that they ripped off. Because in Jesus, they're changed. They're totally different. They're not lying anymore, not angry anymore. They're not, not, and when I mean not angry anymore, not controlled by anger. They're not stealing anymore. And then he says, verse 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. That's a tough one. That's a hard one, man. That, Lord, guard our mouths. For what, but what is good for necessary edification, that it might impart grace to the hearers. And it's true. God's word and God's people brings learning patience, and comfort. And that's where your source of hope is. Just come to the word. Find yourself a man, a woman of God's word. He'll begin to work these things out in you and through you. And in these last days, you'll be surprised. I mean, you'll be blown away how God uses you. You'll just be able to step back and go, wow, God, you are so good. You're so wonderful. I can't believe it. It's amazing. It is amazing indeed, but true. You have God's Word on it. Thanks for joining us for Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. And Pastor Ed, before we let you go, quick question. No doubt our listeners agree with the value of God's Word, but struggle with understanding it, especially those difficult parts. Can you give a couple of practical tips on how to understand the Bible? Yes, yes, yes. I give you a couple of 
very important tips. Number one, don't give up. Don't give up all of the parts of the Bible that you can understand for a few parts of the Bible that are not easy to understand. Let's just admit it. I've been studying the Bible now. Well, I've been reading it for 29 years. I've been studying it pretty much since 29 years, but I've been teaching it for 25 years. And let me just say, there are still very challenging parts of the Bible. I'm just about ready as I'm recording this, Larry, uh, to go and and host a live radio broadcast here in Denver. We call Calvary Live. And and inevitably, there will be somebody calling with a question that I'm like, whoa, I've never heard it that way. I've never seen it that way. And so I'm not going to give up all the things that I do know for a few things that I don't know. So number one, don't give up. Number two, get out a notebook and write down the questions so they can get them out of your head. You may or may not be able to answer them right away, but write them down because that way you can release them from your mind. And there are some great resources. Number three that I would give that I would recommend. One is out of print, but you can get a used copy. It's called When Critics Ask by Norman Geisler, G-E-I-S-L-E-R, an absolute essential for Bible difficulties. I have used it since it from the first printing. I think my copy is the first printing of this, unless I gave it away and bought another one. Uh, but it's it's thick, and it deals with many, many, many of supposed contradictions and difficulties in the Bible. Secondly, pick up a copy of the resource uh, that is known as Haley's Bible Handbook. I almost forgot the title for a minute. Haley's Bible Handbook. This is a recommendation that was handed down to us by Pastor Chuck Smith, uh, and it is a simple overview of the Bible going through and dealing with chapter by chapter. And, and, and it, it's a much higher, you know, it's, it's a much broader approach to the scriptures and it'll be very helpful. It's very affordable. Thirdly, I would encourage you to pick up a copy of this book and I'm not sure if it's in print or not, but it's talk through the scriptures, talk through the scriptures. Uh, it is a helpful book by Bruce Wilkinson and he does a great job, again, giving overviews, giving understanding of the time, the theme, uh, outlines of every book of the Bible. And it'll just help you understand where you are, who's Judah, who's Israel, uh, what's this part of Israel, why Dan and Beersheba, all of that. The next thing, I only have two more recommendations. The next recommendation is go to your app store and download the free app, The Word for Today. The Word for Today. Uh, the people at The Word for Today have archived all of Pastor Chuck's Bible studies free for on that app. And just start listening to the Bible being taught by one of the best Bible teachers, Chuck Smith, uh, from Genesis to Revelation. Or pick a book that you want to learn about and just start listening to it regularly. Make that a habit. And then finally, bookmark blueletterbible.org blueletterbible.org, one of the best collections of free resources on the Bible that's available. If you miss any of this, email me directly, ed at edtaylor.org. I can repeat them for you, point you in the right direction. Love to hear from you. Uh, you email me there. It's personal to me, so I receive it and I'll be able to dialogue with you, encourage you in the Lord. Thanks for the question. That's a really good one. That's very helpful. 
Thanks for sharing that. If you joined us late or would just like to hear this message again, turn to AboundingGraceRadio.com. Or you can listen through our app, too. Search for Calvary Aurora in the App Store or Google Play. If you take a brief moment to write or call, that would make our day. Let us know the station you're listening to and if today's study was a blessing to your life. We'd also love to pray for you. You can email us through our website at AboundingGraceRadio.com by clicking on Contact. Abounding Grace is made possible through the support of our listeners. And when you give a donation of $25 or more to Abounding Grace, you're invited to request a copy of The Third Option by Miles McPherson. In it, Pastor Miles speaks out about the racial divisions in today's world and encourages us to see people as God sees them. It contains awesome practical takeaways and exercises to help you understand the points of views of others. I think you'll be inspired and encouraged to make positive changes in our country, starting with yourself. Again, ask for a copy of The Third Option when you call today at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. Your generosity helps us provide the teaching of God's Word on stations all across the nation. We're constantly hearing from listeners that have been helped and are growing by God's abounding grace. Thank you for standing with us. Making a donation to the ministry is easier than ever through our website at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Tell a friend about these daily studies, and then be sure to join Pastor Ed Taylor next time for more teaching from Romans. That's right here on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace This is unfailing love That you would take my place That you would bear my cross You lay down your life That I would be set Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado.